2015, who would have ever imagined 2015? Wow. Now, will it be a good year? Will it be a bad year? Will it be an easy one, a hard one, a hopeful one, a hopelessness one? We don't really know, do we? But it isn't waiting for us to figure things out, is it? It's before us, and it's going to keep going. Like it or not, we're in it. These first days of, of each new year are, are typically spent in evaluation by a lot of us. Uh, we look at where we've been and where we want to go in the next year. We, we look at who we've been and who we want to be in the next year. Uh, we look back so that we can look forward. We make goals. We create plans. We resolve to be different. And it's all good <laughs> until February. I've come to a place that believing while all this evaluation and planning is good, and it is good, what I really need to pursue is not a what, but a who. I have concluded that the secret to life is pursuing knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Not just doing good things, but having a personal relationship with my God. And the heck with religion. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in an honest way. I don't know why you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning because you want to make 2015 a good year, a great year, and you want church to be a part of that. Bravo, that's, that's awesome. It's a great place to start. Uh, you know, maybe you're here just wondering if God is real. That's okay. Maybe you're secretly thinking, is God real? But you don't want to let anybody around you know that because it's a church and I've been in this church for a while. And, and that's okay. Um, maybe you're a believer here, but you honestly don't really know if God can make a difference. If God can really change you. Or if God can really change the person in your life that you're struggling with. Yeah, you buy into the fact that he's Jesus, that he's Lord. You buy into the Bible, but you're really struggling with, does it really work? Come on. Some of us struggle with that, don't we? We don't like to say it, but we do. Maybe you're here and you're not okay. You're not. You're kind of messed up. You're broken. Maybe you're even miserable. And maybe you've tried so hard to get yourself together, to get yourself to be okay, and you're still not. And you wonder if God's going to make any difference. And some of you are here because you believe in Jesus. You've bought into him hook, line, and sinker. And he is your Lord. He is your Savior. And you are excited about 2015 because you're looking forward to growing. You're looking forward to getting to know him better. You're looking forward to see what he's got around the corner for you. To all of you, no matter where you are, you are among friends. You can look around at the people and none of us are close to perfect. 
except a select few, but it's only in their minds. Don't tell them. And today I want to tell you that Christianity is not about what should we do, but it is about who should we know. It is all about Jesus Christ. I don't want you to go into 2015 in ignorance, in denial, buying into the fact that life has to stay the same, buying into the fact that, that God is not who he claims he is, that Jesus is not real, because he is, and he does change things. And when he is involved in the equation, everything changes. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ is not about religion. It's not about things. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. That's it in a nutshell. My assignment today, beginning this new year, is to talk about 1 Corinthians 12 a little bit. Uh, it's a letter written by a guy named Paul to people, probably, <laughs> probably much like us, in a city called Corinth. It's a group of people he's addressing, and they were believers in this particular city, believers of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus, who Paul affectionately calls the church. And one could tell by reading the letter, if you read it from front to back, you're going to quickly realize that these per people were struggling to be okay. They had issues. Hmm. Sound familiar? <laughs> and, and some of them, some of them thought that they were all that. Today, today we call that denial, right? Uh, let's be honest, we all have issues, they just happen to be different. Uh, some of us uh, just know and trust Jesus a little bit more than others, and we take our issues to him a bit quicker than other people do. And one of the issues in Corinth was getting caught up in something called spiritual gifts that had been given by God to them personally and individually. And they got caught up with the gifts and not the giver of the gifts. That's kind of like a lot what we do. We get caught up with the religion of God and not with God himself. Not with the person of Jesus. And they got caught up in the what and not in the who. And Paul is dry, trying to bring them back to this profound reality that makes all the difference. And he starts off and he says, and this is from the New Living Translation, a little bit different than maybe what we read before. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about spiritual abilities, the Spirit gives us. I don't want you to misunderstand that. Okay, before I get into the, the meat of what I want to share with you this morning, let's go over a few basic concepts that Paul is, is using to speak about and define them so that we're on the same page. And then we're going to talk about just two simple aspects that I want to draw our attention to out of this particular passage. And I'm sure your pastor is going to go in more in depth in the spiritual gifts, what are they, and so forth. But I just have two things I want to share with you and out of this, first, this passage in 1 Corinthians. And uh, the first thing is, is found in these, this first verse. And, uh, 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 rather, I'm, I'm sorry, let me, get, let me go over these, these concepts first. Uh, a spiritual gift that he's talking about is a supernatural endowment. It's an ability. It's given by the Holy Spirit, by God, when a person becomes a child of God. When you become and you start a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, he gives you a gift. 
It's a special ability, a special endowment. And it's not a natural talent. A lot of people have natural talents. Everybody has a natural talent. But a spiritual gift is something different. That isn't what we're talking about here. For example, Billy Graham is a public speaker. My brother was standing up here saying, I'm not a speaker. Billy Graham had a natural ability of getting up in front of people and speaking. That came naturally. But God also gave him a supernatural gift where when he stood up and he talked about Jesus and having a life in Jesus and calling for a response for people to respond to him, wow, something magical took place. Something otherworldly happens. Why? Because the man is spiritually gifted. God has gone beyond the natural talents and given him a supernatural endowment that for some reason he makes it clear in ways that we can't fathom because we don't have that gift. Thank God. God gave Billy Graham that spiritual gift. Thank God Billy Graham discovered it and decided to step forward and speak because he could have submerged it. He could have said, no, that's not who I am. He could have said, you know, you don't know my failures. I can't do that. He could have fallen into all of these different pits, but he said, God, I will go and do what you want me to do. Thank God he did. So understand that spiritual gifts is the supernatural endowment given by God. It is not a natural talent. Let's not mistake those two things. Spiritual gifts are given by God to his children, those who have embraced him, who have become his kids. He's given them to them. They didn't ask. You don't ask for a gift, right? It's given. Spiritual gifts are given by God as he desires. Hey, look, he is the master plan. He knows you inside and out. He made you. He knows how you're put together. He's not going to give somebody a spiritual gift of, of a prop sign and speaking in front of people if they can't get in front of people. I, I, probably not. He's going to take your unique personality and he's going to give you the gift that he knows fits in with that. But that's his choice. That's, that's according to what he decides, not us. Spiritual gifts are given for the common good. We see that clearly in Scripture. Their purpose is not for the individual, but it's the whole entire body. And there are a lot of different gifts. A lot of people go through a list that they find in Scripture, but the truth is, we're not sure if that's it. And most of us believe that that's a list that there's a whole lot more of. Spiritual gifts are distributed to every believer. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ here, guess what? You've got a spiritual gift. Don't, don't sit there and tell me, oh, but you don't understand. I'm not. No, you've got a spiritual gift. God has given you that spiritual gift for a very specific spiritual purpose. You have a ministry. Don't tell me I'm useless. No, you're part of the body, man. We are all part of this big puzzle called the church of God, the, the, the body of God. And if you're... You ever see a, a puzzle with one piece missing? It messes up the whole picture, right? We were made to fit together. We are spiritually gifted for spiritual ministries, and every one of us is gifted. How cool is that? 
Our gifts were given by God for the common good. Therefore, we are to discover them and use them. And this will lead me to the first verse that I want to focus on. Informed, I want to inform you about the truth. That's what Paul says. In, in, in the NIV 12.1, he says, Now about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I, uh, I think we read before, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Paul is simply saying, hey guys, the Holy Spirit has given us some special gifts, some special abilities, and I want you to understand what they are and how they work. <clears throat> Don't we do that with gifts that we give? How many of you gave gifts a week or two ago, right? You gave gifts. You know, I, I got a speaker. It's, it, 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 it's uh, hooked up with a Bluetooth. And, and I... <laughs> I have to be honest with you, I have no idea how to use this thing. I'm not, at, I'm not the tech in my house. My, my wife is. So I had to beg her yesterday, how do you work this thing? I don't know how to work this thing. I spent about a half an hour on it. I didn't get anywhere. And she, in a few minutes, is able to hook this thing up. And, and I haven't read the manual. I haven't sat down with anybody and gone over it. So I have to lean on them uh, to, to, to understand it. I'm still ignorant. I'm still ignorant. I just don't get and know how to use it. Uh, now, when we get a gift for somebody, and especially if we've spent time thinking about it, and we've picked it out for them, we want them to understand how to use that gift, don't we? Right, of course, because we gave it to them for a purpose. Same thing with God. Have you ever given somebody a gift, and they just kept it on the shelf, and they didn't use it? Some of you are saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're saying, yeah, because you're the one that's got it on the shelf, right? Or you get something for the kitchen, right? And I, I love to cook, so sometimes people get me things for the kitchen. And you get something for the kitchen, and you went, oh, this is really nice. And in your mind, you say, I have no idea what this is. And so you kind of take it, and you say, oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I'll be, that'll be wonderful. And then you take it, and, and, and later on that day, you take it, and you put it in the back, in your, your kitchen drawer. You know that kitchen drawer that everything goes in, you don't know what it is, and just kind of disappears for a year and then the next year you pull it out and you go I don't I really don't know what this thing is so you wrap it up for a white elephant get the next year right and then that person comes back and says oh how did you like that kitchen tool that I got you and you went oh yeah I mean it's embarrassing what do you say I wrapped that up and gave it to white elephant gift last week <laughs> I said, yeah, you know, you, you, you peel all those vegetables, Dave. I thought you would really like that. It's, they say it's amazing, and it's really quick, and you're, you're sitting there thinking, I didn't even use that. How sad would that be? But some of us do that with our spiritual gifts. And so Paul doesn't want them to be ignorant. He wants to tell them what they are, and he, he goes on and explains. Now, to me, if I told somebody I don't want them to be ignorant about something, so let me tell you about them. Uh, if I said it the way Paul said it, and you know, don't be ignorant, I might think that Paul's being a little condescending. I might, who do you think you are, Paul? And, and Paul's saying with you in respect to gifts, you're not discerning, you're with understanding, your thinking is off on the subject, and I don't want your thinking to be off or without understanding. And that can be a tough pill for some of us to swallow because we don't like the thought uh, of anybody telling us what to do. And sometimes we need to do, be talked to like that, don't we? And Paul felt like this was the case with this people. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.1, he said to them, Brothers, I, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. 
there's a little indication that maybe they weren't okay. In 1 Corinthians 14, 20, he says, Brothers, stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. He's letting us know they're not discerning what they, the way that they should discern. And so they, they need a little bit of tough love. Paul wants them to grow up, and he wants them to take, uh, to step out from being babies and be mature, from being children to be adults. And he wants to, uh, them to be taught truth, not by just leveling it with their experience, but he wants them to embrace truth because it's true, not because it goes along with my feelings. But they weren't, sen they weren't comprehending, they were sensing and they were standing against the truth of God and not for it. Now, this is huge, and this is the thing I want to drill home today and I want you to think about as you start 2015. And it is, I, I got to tell you, this is something that I've struggled with, especially in this last year, in a powerful, powerful way, and I've had to come face-to-face -face with this question that I'm going to throw at you. I want to step away just for spiritual gifts. We're still on that subject, but I just want to step away just slightly, and I want to give you this question because this question deals with everything. I want you to wrestle with it. Are you ready? Do you want truth? Really? Are you willing to take your experience, your thinking, even the teaching that you've been given, and bring it into the plumb line of the truth of the Word of God? Do you want truth in your life, really? Please take this to heart. Because too many of us, we talk a good game. We speak about truth. We know truth. We even find it easy to share that truth with others. Which sometimes we even take that truth and bang it over people's heads with it. But we really don't want it in our own lives. Come on. Let's be honest. We struggle with that. Yeah, when the truth of God's word says forgive. Yep, we just get down and forgive. No, we don't. Come on, you be honest. We struggle with that. Some of us, we want to stay mad. We want to chew on that bitter root. We don't want to forgive. We don't want to let them off the hook. That person will be free then. I want them to feel bad. So, do we want truth really? It's an interesting thing is that until we're willing to embrace the truth, the person that's on the hook is not them but us. God's truth is for us, always, not against us. Do you want truth really in your life in 2015? <laughs> See, our problem is a lot of us have big butts. Oh, let me explain myself. Really, God's truth is spoken to us, but we have excuses why we don't follow it. Or we can't follow it. I should do this, but I know I shouldn't have, but I couldn't help myself. I didn't mean to say that, but you pushed me too hard. I know I'm supposed to pray, but I don't have the time. I was too busy to go, but I meant to. 
but, but, but. We know the truth, but do we really want it? Listen to Jesus himself, Luke 6, 27. He said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. What? Seriously? God, how can I do that? Why would I do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she said, how much it hurt me. God, I know that's what your word says, but really? Come on. That's not practical. And Jesus, it's funny, Jesus turns in the same chapter in Luke 6, 37. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Come on, Christians, this is a huge one for us. We judge so much, we mask it in all different kinds of words. But we judge. I know it seems like I'm judging you, but they need to hear it. They need to hear the truth. Come on, we do it. And you know, Jesus added in verse 38, he said, for the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Ouch, that's a kick in our butts. Serious. Doesn't that scare you a little bit? How? God. The same way I judge, you're going to judge me? Again, in the same chapter, next, Jesus goes on, he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And then he goes on, I will show you what he's like. The one who comes to me hears my words and puts them into practice. It's like this guy that builds his house on a solid rock, and when the storms of life come, he doesn't fall down, he stands tall. And right before this little illustration, Jesus gives a phrase. It's a phrase that I read a hundred times before, but this summer I read it, and it hit me like a tank. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. God. That verse made such an impact, I started thinking of all the mean things I said, and I was suddenly confronted with the fact that they came out of my mouth because they resided in my heart. Some of us, we know God's truth, we can quote it, we can teach it, but the real question is, have we planted it in our hearts? Truth can change us only if we let it take root in our hearts. But you need to plant it in your heart so it can flow out of your life. And these, these are spiritual buts, spiritual buts that we need in our lives. I, 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 I don't know how this is going to change, Lord, but with God all things are possible. I feel like such a failure, Lord, but with Christ I am more than a conqueror and a dearly loved child. I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. Emotionally, I'm so done, God, but I can pray because God promises to give me a peace that passes all understanding and guard my hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I can't do this. I can't do this, Lord, but I know I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The first thing Paul says, he wants them to understand and not be ignorant of the truth of spiritual gifts. And then he goes on in the next several verses, and I'm not going to go in for them word for word. I'm just going to quote 1 Corinthians 12, 3 to 7. I just want you to hear this. So I want you to know that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, listen here, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Lord is Jesus, right? 
God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Isn't it interesting? The whole Trinity is seen here. All of God. The same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God who is the source, the one we serve, the one who's working in us. The gift is from the Spirit, the ministry is from the Lord, and the effect is from God. So that from Him, through Him, and to Him are all things. As you look in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12 through 14, it's going to be obvious through the letter that the Corinthians were preoccupied or occupied, however you want to, in a few certain gifts, and Paul wants to bring them back to the main thing. It's all about God. It's all about your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's Him who gives he is the giver that we need to be preoccupied with. Not the gifts that he gives. Not the things he asks us to do. But him. 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 Go on, read Andrew Murray. Read A.W. Tozer. Read all of these men and women that have come to us from the past. And they come with such full hearts. And read about who it is. Who it is they always come back to. Who it is they always end up talking about again. It's their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is it. That's it. Christians, we need to step up and start being the people of Jesus Christ. Being the people of God by that personal relationship. We have to start be, stop being religious people and start being the people of God. It's all about God. It's him who brings the effect, the increase, the harvest. 1 Corinthians 3, we read, Some sow, others reap, but God gives the increase. It's not your doing. It's not anyone's doing. As a child of God, we are simply a vessel, a servant doing and exercising something that we didn't whip up, something that we didn't desire, something we didn't go after. It is something given to you by God that he saw fit to implement into your life and he expects you as his servant to allow that to flow out of you it's going to be different for different people so stop being jealous of others stop saying god god you know me you love me you've made me how can i serve you what is it that you've given to me what is the gift what is the ministry how can i reflect you to this world because you have created me that way. And let me constantly stay connected to you so I can impact those around. Isn't that wonderful, the cross? The cross is just such a perfect example. Our re vertical relationship with God allows us to have that horizontal relationship with the world around us. And that is a perfect symbol of who all made it possible, of the God that we know and serve, of the God that we need to see connected with it, the cross, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not about things or gifts or abilities. It's about him. It's not about a what. It's about a who. 
We want our year to be a good year. We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to be happy. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be used. We want to have a sense of purpose. Great. Yes. Learn about those gifts. Learn about the ministry that God has given to you. Do all those things. Sharpen those gifts. Use them. Understand them. Realize that they are many. Don't get sidetracked. Don't lose focus with the basic and most important thing of all. Your personal relationship with Jesus Christ makes that all possible. That's what gives us the power. Life is about your relationship with Jesus. He gives, he works, he brings about. If we lose touch and lose focus on the relationship, we become a bunch of religious fanatics. That's what we become. A bunch of people trying desperately to do what they want to bring about on their own strength, trying to force a smile and say, I'm happy and God can do all things. And you walk away and you're saying, yeah, he really can't because you don't buy into the truth because you haven't been connected with that source. The whole of Scripture is about it. It's about a living, abiding relationship with God. Read it from cover to cover. It's all about men and women who have tried God on this and said, I'm going to believe. And he's done amazing, miraculous, overwhelming things with the weakest and the most insecure and the biggest failures. How cool is that? 2015, what's it going to be for you? My challenge from this passage of Scripture is don't be ignorant of the truth. You stand on that truth. And the truth is that God has gifted you. He's put you right where you are, right at this moment, with everything that's happened in your past, all that baggage, so that you could be in the ministry that he's called you to become, or to be, to be in. He's made you this way. He's placed you here. It is by his will that you find yourself there. I don't know all the ins and outs. You could sit there and say, yeah, but it was my bad choices that got me here, so this is a punishment. God is in the business of restoration. God is in the business of taking you and making you his child into a reflection of who he is. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. Don't feel that way. Let's get up. Let's take 215, uh, 12, 1215, 2015. Let's take it by the horns. Let's say I this year, I, me and my relationship with Jesus, we are going to shine to this world. God, here I am. Here I am. Do with me what you want. You want to see the power of God connect. Right? Okay. Let's pray on that. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. <sighs> Father, we just thank you for your truth. We thank you that it is real. We thank you that we can stand on it, Father. Oh, Lord, please take us from being religious people. Please remove us from a place where we tried so hard on our own strength to be this religious person we're supposed to be. God, please show us who you are. And, Father, I pray for all of us that this year would be the year that we connect with you, that our personal relationship with you is most important, that that becomes, comes before all other things. Lord, I pray as we do that you would begin to show us the giftedness that you've called us to, the ministry that you've called us to. And, Father, I pray that you would use us in ways that would defy our imagination. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would birth for yourself a people that would rise up and stand on your truth and not be ignorant 
And Lord, that they would above all things understand that you are the giver and you are the one we pursue. In Jesus' name, amen.